0: I'm Katie Caps, co-founder and co-CEO of Higher Dose. And today on Hot Seat, I'm here with Diva, who is a model, obviously, an entrepreneur and a wellness enthusiast. And today we're gonna be getting really hot in the sauna, talking about her background. Are you ready to get hot? I'm ready to get hot. Okay, let's go. So let's start at the beginning. You started modeling at the age of 14 in India, yeah. right? How did that happen?
1: So it actually started in New York, so I was born and brought up in New York, and I I grew up on Long Island, so it was I spent like a lot of time driving into the city for various things. You know, we were only like an hour out of the city, and you know they had these billboards um, at that time. Like the Gap, Gap, and Armani had like the best billboards when you entered the city through the Midtown Tunnel, and I used to just look at those and be like, like that's my aim. Like I want to be on a billboard like that. Like, this is what I want to do. And I think that's where, like, the passion just grew inside of me, the curiosity, just wanting to learn more and grow in this industry. Um, But, I don't know, destiny would have it. I'm so grateful for whatever the journey brought. But I attempted to start my career here, but it led me to India. And that's when my career really kicked off. And I think it had a lot to do with the timing um, that I entered the industry Mm -hmm. and my background uh my body type and just like where the modeling industry was at when i started
0: and what was it like navigating the indian fashion industry in the early 2000s the indian fashion industry was
1: incredibly accepting um it was it was actually like you know when i when i started being the, the aim was like i had this whole life plan i'm like okay i'm going to model in new york i'm going to go to fit and I'm going to move to India for a few years and then come back. But every door I knocked on in New York City, uh, every modeling industry, modeling agency, was just, it was it was tough luck. It was like, I remember going into one agency and they were like, well, um, and it, you know they had set up these appointments. They were the ones who had called me in for these meetings and they were like, well, you know, the, the girl is meant to, is made to fit the clothes. It's not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And I was just so perplexed because I'm like, okay, like, I never thought about, like, my body. Like, I never thought about myself in this light where, like, I had to look a certain way. Like, I felt good. I knew, I mean, I, you know, I was tall. I was, like, a pretty lanky kid. Like, it took me time to grow into my body. But, like, I had, you know, slowly I was getting into an athletic build. But um, I would say that part was a bit difficult, which I'm sure we can come back to. But then when I moved to India, it was pretty incredible um it was like I I was around people that just accepted me for who I am and I think at that point the Indian fashion industry was growing Mm -hmm. like this is before Vogue was there you know so this was me walking my first fashion week when I was 16 and being the youngest model out of 60 to do that wow yeah it was and all the other girls I met it wasn't accepted as a career so Mm -hmm. I was supported by my parents which I'm so grateful for my mom actually moved with me to India for the first year of my career to just kind of like settle me in, make sure I was okay and like be the best mom she could be to support that dream of mine whereas other girls were coming there and they were like lying to their parents about what they were doing that day because it wasn't acceptable to say that you were a model and this is what you wanted to do as a career in oh. your in your life yeah
0: and did you find it empowering to be like the youngest model on the runway was it uplifting or were there any like toxic elements about it
1: um it was uplifting but again you have all these highs and you're surrounded by a lot it's just glamorous mm-hmm. it's very glamorous it's chaotic and there's a full lack of routine because your hours especially for fashion week or shoots and even though you have the energy to do it you're just you don't even realize like how much you're thrown off balance i think now as you grow into your own routine and your own wellness journey you realize like how much sleep you need what mm-hmm. kind of diet you want but then you just did whatever you ate whatever you know you weren't thinking so much and i think it was definitely a lot to tackle and I have to say again like having having my mom be like my best friend through those moments and just like a guiding light really helped having that support system. I would say that there were times though like after I had to do it on my own and travel on my own for work, there's a lot of moments I can look back and just say I had to learn a lot and mm-hmm. I, was, I was super naive when I started. It's a challenging industry, it can make you question a lot of things, it can make you question the way you look at yourself and perceive yourself and i put pressure on myself but in a good way like Mm -hmm. a healthy amount of pressure just to kind of motivate i was very career oriented very goal oriented but i think an industry like that if you don't you know keep yourself in check can really throw you off balance and a lot of models jump into this and you get so caught up in like you being the target of everything that's happening around you mm-hmm. and I think like now when I look back I realize that there's just so many elements to what goes on at a fashion show or a shoot or anything else even leading to a job that you're just like one variable to it and I think when I learned that a little too late maybe like 15 years later but when I learned it 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 felt better to be turned down from something and know that.
0: Yeah, and not take it as personally. Yeah, like a personal attack. Right, right. And how did, like, it sounds like, you know, your experience modeling in some ways did, like, impact your body, right? Because at first you were, like, maybe just, like, going, going, going and not thinking about how you were taking care of yourself. Yeah. But how did that evolve? Like, how did your relationship with your body change as you were going through your modeling career? I think that,
1: you know, when we talk about wellness now, I love that we highlight the fact that physical being, your physical well-being and your mental well-being go hand in hand. And I think that when you're modeling, um, especially at that point, everyone was just so like physical, physical, Mm -hmm. physical focus, like what you look like physically. And I have to say that I always had a really healthy relationship with my physical fitness because my parents grew up in India and like when they moved here, their first thing was like, look, everything we weren't given the opportunity to do, we're going to give to our kids. Mm-hmm. So it was like as as simple as swimming. My mom doesn't know how to swim. So for her, it was like a big thing of just like throwing me in a pool, making me sign up for all these activities after school. Um, and I played sports my whole life, tennis, basketball. I was on the track team. So I was a very active kid. And I, I was introduced to yoga very early mm-hmm. on. I started my practice of yoga when I was 15 years old. Nice that all went for a toss i think when there was a lack of routine feeling my first drip of sweat as i say that <laughs> my I feel like a, my the first drip of my yeah.
0: coming in
1: um, <laughs> and, like it just like trickled down my leg i'm like hmm. so yeah I, that definitely went for a toss when i moved to india because you for you're traveling a lot you're you're working all these long hours and late nights and I mean, also, there wasn't, like, a lot of outdoor opportunity for, like, you know, I wasn't, like, part of a school, right? I had finished, I was finishing high school, so I would come back and forth, but I graduated and I moved there. So, like, there wasn't a lot of places to, like, go and do these things on the time that I had. Um, And... It was it was difficult. I think Mm -hmm. it's so age dependent, like at that time, I definitely did not eat healthy, Mm -hmm. but like I also didn't eat enough. And it wasn't even intentional, which is crazy because I just had this conversation with a girlfriend last week when we were working together. Um, Her partner is a physical trainer and, you know, he always asks her, like, what did you eat for lunch today when you were at work? And she'd give him this whole list and he's like, that's it? That's not enough. Mm. And I think what happens is when you work in this industry for so long, you actually find that maybe it's healthy or normal to eat one meal a day. Mm -hmm. Granted, for some people that works outside of the industry, in the industry, intermittent fasting is, is also a healthy way if you know your body. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that, like, you think it's enough because... Sometimes it's all you get, like when you're eating on the go mm-hmm. or like a, this whole working lunch concept. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good concept. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that, especially when you're modeling and you're on your feet and it is, you're 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 active. You need to like sit down and eat a proper meal. You need a few breaks to like snack and hydrate. And I didn't learn about that until I started paying a little more attention, until I started feeling it in my body. Mm-hmm. The energy crashes, the, the back aches because you know, you're maybe you're not hydrated enough. You're not, you're not moving enough and you're not fueling yourself. It's mm-hmm. all energy at the end of the day. Yeah,
0: so. interesting. So it sounds like, you know, you were kind of in this fast paced environment where there wasn't this message of like, oh, wellness should come first yeah. and make sure you're nourishing yourself. It's like, just get through the day and don't think about nutrition. Like, do you see that changing for models now? Like, do you think it's becoming healthier? Yeah, it's, it's so great that I see Just the people speaking up
1: for themselves in this industry. That Mm -hmm. was never an option. You were basically paid to an extent to not speak, (laughs) to not voice things. And that's, it's sad. Um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I, and you, you know, you still experience it
0: (coughs) from sometimes. Sorry. Oh yeah. Take care of yourself. (laughs) Pop some water. (laughs) As I'm (laughs) saying that, I'm like, (laughs) take um, your time. (laughs) Sorry guys. When that heat starts kicking in, I'd be like, yeah, okay,
1: water break. But, yeah, you definitely it's, – it's changed for the better. It's still there slightly. Like, I was at a job um, two weeks ago, and – it was a lunch break, very clear lunch break. And I was going to grab something and they were like, no, 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 sorry. Um, actually, you have to wait for all the clients to pick up their food first. Mm. And then, you know, you and I'm just kind of like, what is this? Yeah. Like, This doesn't exist. And I actually said something because it was so rare. Nowadays, that's rare. That's like a very that shouldn't happen anymore. Um, and you see like a lot of my friends speak up for themselves. Just just notice what they need before They can walk onto a set or walk into a workday. And that's super important because that's like your confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, you always, I think that was a big lesson for me. I redefined what confidence meant to me through, through that. I think for so long, you're told what looks good and told what to do. And of course, a part of you wants this. A part of you brings yourself to all of the different characters you play on set, but what you don't realize is, like, when you take that second for yourself to do that internal check, to take that 30 minutes or an hour to work out, to eat well, cook a meal for yourself, or just eat something that you know is going to nourish you, that's, like, where your confidence actually stems from. Like, mm. that's that's the root of it. And if you don't have that, everything else just feels, like, empty mm. sometimes.
0: Um, so, I yeah. think that's such an important message because it's, like, you need to nourish yourself to feel grounded within yourself. And then when you're grounded, you can actually be confident. Yeah. 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 Totally. So one thing I wanted to get your opinion on is how do you see influencer culture impacting the modeling industry?
1: Okay. So it depends who you ask. I'm going to first answer as a model and then I'm going to answer as an influencer. I think as a model if you've been in the industry long enough and like again i grew my following from modeling Mm -hmm. um so i wasn't you know i didn't enter as an influencer entered as a model and now i'm an influencer it's been great from just working with brands that i think would be harder to work with if you were just looking at it from a modeling perspective Mm -hmm. a lot of the brands branched out into realizing that they can get more for their marketing budget by working with x amount of influencers and you would you know sometimes you do it for a brand name and sometimes you do it because you you the the money was still something that you're like okay I can like shoot this on my own and I can it was it was exciting it Mm -hmm. was like you it opened up a portal of brands and types of work that you could do um in a different way and I think as a model we were experienced enough to help with creating those campaigns in a very organic way. Mm -hmm. From an influencer, I would say that it's been challenging because I think I empathize more when I work with a brand and I'm like, well, I have X amount of experience in it, but they just look at it as like a, I need to fill out this, I need to tick a box of 20 influencers and work with them. And it's been a little more like, inauthentic Mm. um, Mm -hmm. as an experience I think it's getting better for sure because a lot of influencers are just naturally opening up about again like them as people so you really get to know them and I think I've always been a person as an influencer that's just tried to keep it real like I don't I don't even like to post about things and work with brands and unless I'm actually using the stuff myself. Yeah. Um. Especially from like a beauty and skincare standpoint, because I you can't, like I have really sensitive skin, so mm-hmm. I can't go around and start like, posting and working and putting all these things on my face and just and also it's just like false marketing and I yeah. feel like that's just not the way to go. Like it's, it's too much to sell people on things like I don't want to get lost into it. So. I think it's definitely more of an industry that takes, it takes time to grasp. It's forever changing, so there's not much to say about it in one word because you're really learning on the go. Um, it's a little inauthentic unless you work with certain people or you work with certain brands that like target you for who you are. Like So for me, I like to be in my lifestyle, be in my space and keep it real. And I think that works. But. That being said, as an influencer, I just deleted TikTok off my phone. Not that I was addicted or I even opened the app. I realized I didn't open the app in months, and I I just, I'm kind of over it. Like, yeah. a part of me is, like, I don't know what I'm chasing. You right. know, I want to work with people, and I want to work with brands that, like, actually make me feel good at the end of the day and and support other small businesses and just whatever kind of, like tickles your fancy in a way where like I can do that and I want to endorse that and I want to speak on that and I I can give them ideas like I consult for for brands on the side but yeah
0: so you mentor young models now
1: right yeah so I've been modeling for about 15 actually like 17 years and I've spent like the last few years, I stopped doing runway a while ago, probably like seven or eight years ago, I realized that my, more of my love was directed to commercial work and hosting, mm-hmm. um, and just different elements in fashion that were a little more like hands on and vocal visuals. So runway was not it for me, <laughs> mm-hmm. but what I did come to learn and want to teach others was kind of how to keep yourself in check and keep your own identity while you're starting out. And I think that I had that in a way. I also learned that I was very eager to just make friends and learn from those around me. But nowadays, you know, there's social media. There's all these channels of what you can see. But there's that real life experience that I feel like I can give that they might not have or they might not turn to as a friend because it Mm -hmm. is a really difficult industry to make friends in as well. Mm -hmm. Competition is high there. You know, you're told that it's it's like this weird thing that sometimes you feel like you lose a job sometimes you see your friend do it it, it can really mess with a lot of things in your mind so I started this online grooming school mm. um and it's it's small groups like groups of eight to ten girls and we do these weekly sessions or bi-weekly sessions where we just we cover different topics mm-hmm. um, obviously your basics of just like what it's like to go to a casting plus the first time you're you're doing like a test shoot or just photos for yourself, but also just like one whole class is dedicated to your mental health. And that's really important to me because I know that people vocalize it more now, but sometimes you don't even know that something's going on when, when you're feeling a certain way. And that's what I was saying about the confidence thing. And it's like funny because I don't think anyone would have ever assumed that I I had like a confidence issue or Mm -hmm. suffered from body dysmorphia, but I didn't even realize I did Mm. until my whole relationship changed with food. I never believed in dieting and I still don't. I'm all about moderation and I've always been very in tune with my body and listened to my body of what it needs and how much rest it needs and how much I can push myself. There's days where I feel like I have a lot more energy to work out and days where I don't. And I think all that has come to me through my experiences. And I just wanna talk it through with other people that may not recognize these as issues. And they're not issues that are gonna halt anything in life. Like I carried on and I worked, but I just
0: took the time to recognize it so that I can help myself and heal myself that's great and what are all the different ways that you've overcome any like mental health challenges or you mentioned like body dysmorphia like what what kind of tools did you use to overcome these things
1: um I mean it might sound silly I'm trying to think about the best ways to describe it but I think it's it's kind of like saying no to a lot more things that are like socially draining um Mm -hmm. until I was ready to to put myself out there like fashion has demands right and they it still goes to show that, you know, you have to network, you have to go to these events and parties and all this like socializing and you're, and as a model, right? Like you're basically going cause you want to work with clients or book these jobs and that that's, that's a job itself. Yeah. So I feel like I had to take away, I had to take myself out of that for a second and just like go back to checking in with myself, um, spending that time with myself, literally getting to know myself from, from the beginning, looking at photos of myself also helped. It's like analyzing your own work. I went through this phase where, I mean, sometimes, like I said, we had this conversation before we started where like, you were going to call me something. And I was like, I'm a bit shy. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why should I be shy? I put in the work to have that title, but it's stuff like that where I'd have to like look at photos and accept that even if I didn't like something or I wanted to critique something, it's a beautiful image overall, or like what it made me feel. And then think about the journey and the reason why I wanted to start and work in this industry anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, And just getting more involved in things like this, like me helping myself, I actually helped... It helped me more helping other people. Nice. So starting this grooming school and just, like, talking to other... Primarily girls I work with. I work with females in the range of, like, 18 to 25. And I think that really helped me because... I got to, I didn't even know sometimes when you, you, I had the answers in me of stuff that they were going through, and I'm mm. like, well, look, I've been through that, so let me tell you my story, let me tell you my journey, and then hopefully it can help you in that way. And fitness, I decided to become a Pilates teacher. Mm. Um, I, even though I love my practice for yoga, I practice yoga every morning still. You, um, I, I had, like, a lot of lower back issues, and I think it had to had a lot to do with just, like, Not being able to exercise on a routinely basis and like strength training just wasn't for me. So this was something that I can learn, do on the go. Yeah. Um, And that really helped me wanting to become a teacher and teach on the side. Just like channeling that idea of wellness and feeling really good in your body. That was like a game changer as to how I viewed fitness and literally using it as a tool of therapy rather Mm -hmm. than like I have to do like a homework assignment. It just became like my time.
0: And what drew you to Pilates specifically?
1: It was, I had that lower back issue, and it just wasn't going away. I just, I felt like I wasn't strong. And then I had this amazing teacher. Um, I would take her classes every time I'd come home. She She's from Long Island. And I don't know, there was something about the discipline of it, but also the the flexibility at the mm-hmm. same time. I also have, like, a background in dance. And it was just like a mix of how it made me feel realizing that this is another thing I can teach people. Mm -hmm. And I really just enjoyed using that as a tool to be like, look, like you don't have to stop a routine. Like this is something that you can do. And I started making these videos and posting them on social media and the response was incredible. And I think it just, it, yeah, it it was all around like a feel good technique that didn't leave me drained.
0: Nice. The hot seat is sponsored by the Edge Theory cold plunge tubs, which I love because we literally pop them up in our small locations pop them down, you don't need plumbing, it's super easy. So user-friendly and there's such a wide range of temperatures yeah. which I think is one of the coolest things about it. It goes as cold as 37 degrees or as hot as 104 if you feel like having a hot tub after your cold plunge. Which we always do. <laughs> so ch- use code dose 15 for 15% off and we hope you check it out. Yeah, check it out on the hot seat. They're really cool looking too. What else do you do as part of your wellness routine besides Pilates? So yeah, I got my yoga in the morning, I mix it in
1: with Pilates, I I go for walks, I eat a lot of sugar, <laughs>
0: Look, I eat a lot of sweets. <laughs> I find like,
1: new things to bake and eat a lot of sweets, but just spend moments with people that I care about, spend moments with myself. I think if you had to ask me, A few years ago it would all it would be about traveling um or you know and i feel like that was always the escape so i thought it was a feel good but it was actually like the escape so i think in the most difficult moments or just moments where i'm like like i've had a day or i've had a week the way i check in and get back to my mental health and physical well-being is to take an hour out of my day to either teach work out or both together um and just zen out in the evening solo or with my man and just chill light a bunch of candles and just hang out and keep it easy cook the basic things. It sounds, it's funny to say them out loud because they're, they're so simple and it's like stuff that you can do every day, but it's actually the difference. The only difference is when I'm saying it, I'm actually living in the present. I'm Mm -hmm. not doing it for any motive. I'm just doing it. And I'm really enjoying Mm -hmm. sinking and slowing down in it. Nice. That sounds really good. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it does. It's, It's funny because we all do these things all the time, but when you don't do it with presence and you're multitasking, and even if it's just thinking about things while you're doing other things, that's multitasking. It's Mm. not just a physical aspect of it. You realize... That is a takeaway. When you're eating something and you're watching something on your phone, you're not thinking about the food. You're not thinking about it going into your body. And that is the biggest practice, mm. doing one thing at a time. Like, try it. Do one thing at a time and see how your brain will, like, try and distract you in 80 different ways. We all are so distracted. So I realized the best way to slow down is to just do one thing at a time.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's a good takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. And how has um, Indian culture specifically influenced your life, your wellness practice? I think moving there was such a fun
1: journey because I didn't know anyone. And it was even though that is my background, I'm still, you know, I was still born here. So experiencing India on my own and at a time when you're you're also getting to know yourself, right? Like I moved there officially when I was like six Well, after high school, so obviously 17, 18, but I started going there at 16. So 16 onwards until I was 30. Those were like some pretty fun years, but you really, you're on this journey. And I feel like I was very lucky because I saw India like pre like the high fashion it is now and I grew with it Mm -hmm. so I almost feel like as I was growing as a model and in my career um, so was the country and Mm -hmm. the fashion industry there and that was a very exciting time because the people I met they were all starting out the designers that are now like presenting at fashion weeks around the world and are even have stores here and I like walk past them and I'm so proud of them I know their journey and I know their story and I feel like it's very similar to mine and we all supported each other in a way that was very special. Mm. Um, and I feel like that that's something you don't get to see unless you really live through that time, specifically. It was a fun learning curve and I met some great people from all around the world. I'll never forget it. Everyone has that, like, one experience even though this experience was very long and it was my life but like one (laughs) one part of my career I'm like my experience (laughs) but it was like a part of my life that I'll never forget because it taught me so much about highs and lows and moments in between and also like you're not we're so grateful to have what we have right in india like i was having i was i was at fit so i did online school Mm -hmm. and like i had funny issues i would come home from fashion week and because of the time difference i'd have to come home and sometimes at like 10 p.m or 11 p.m stay up to take an online exam
0: oh wow but
1: there was no Mm wi-fi so i'd have to like go to a hotel Mm. and pay to use the business center so i can go to like Pass school or pass this exam and it's like funny things like that in between work but also like the good-hearted people that just like took every all these like right and wrong turns with a pinch of salt they were just like life is so good it doesn't matter whereas like here sometimes we we live in such abundance and you really take that for granted when you go to a country that majority of the country is living with a lot less but feels so much better about it and they, they have a use for everything and that was just like the beauty even like I was I'm talking about even on set you know you have all these people working and something goes wrong and you see how they all work together it looks chaotic at first but you somehow it happens and the magic happens and in those moments I feel like that's a spark that I
0: can't I can't ever forget do you would you say people are happier in India in here, or it's hard to. I don't. I don't. I feel like I could never
1: define happiness to a place. I feel like it's just something you take with you. You could be sitting in the most beautiful place and feel miserable. Right. So, you know, I could. And there's people, again, right? Like if you asked me years ago, I would be like, how do I deal with my mental health? Oh, I travel. No, because that's not really dealing with it. It's, mm-hmm. it's not leaving your body. <laughs> like yeah. it's coming with you. Right, right. um And it will definitely help. Like a, a getaway definitely helps. I, I, we constantly take trips like I told you I'm going upstate mm-hmm. this weekend you know it's I love doing anything that involves being outdoors or obviously by a beach and just kind of like healing that way but if I didn't work on the inner stuff first then I'd never be able to work on what I see so it's all your perspective you can be anywhere so there's a lot of people in India that hated it they moved mm. there and they like what is this I can't I can't get with it but there's beauty everywhere. I love, I love New York City. It has its own charm and uh, that hustle mentality you don't see anywhere else. Yeah,
0: and it's a great you get place it done for fashion too. Yes, and yeah. you work in fashion. I do work in fashion. Can you tell us a little bit about your brands? Yes. So um, I moved. I officially
1: moved to New York two years ago, and because I have this chunk of experience in the Indian fashion industry, when I came back, I was like, I want to start something, but I want it to. I want it to just help people that I know, a place that I know, and my roots, right? Mm-hmm. I want to support my community. So I started a brand called Pop Buy India, buy as in B-U-Y, and it's an e-com shop that works with female jewelry designers and local artisans all over India, mm-hmm. and they, they hand make the stuff, or, you know, it's, it's a mix of obviously having their factories located in these villages, mm-hmm. so they employ local artisans. And great quality stuff, it's affordable, and you, you really, it's like, the way I explain the brand, it's like a domino effect of goodness. It's one of those things where it's always going to be small scale, we don't sell in mass quantities, so sometimes what you see is what you get. We only have very few pieces per style, and then we keep rotating it, um, introducing new styles and new designers that we work with, and yeah, you can check it out online that's what we've been doing we just we want to work with a community and we want to make people feel good by actually doing good and i can personally vouch for the quality of the jewelry for sure because i wear it all the time literally
0: and it's beautiful i can see since i'm like two inches away from you (laughs) it's gorgeous but yeah
1: and you you know when you wear
0: it you're not just like
1: you know exactly where it's going and i personally vouch for that because i lived there i've visited these places i've worked with these incredible designers and artisans for extensive for an extensive number of years so yeah
0: that's awesome and what are what are ways that you know consumers can be more sustainable but still stay fashionable honestly it's
1: the one answer i think no one in the fashion industry wants to hear it's just buy less mm. you have to buy less buy stuff that you know can actually be timeless when Mm -hmm. i started this jewelry brand everything that we make and curate is all timeless it's not going to be like you're not going to think twice putting this on for the next couple of years right it might be something you can even re-gift or pass down or give to a friend so often my friends will like love pieces that i wear and i'll literally take it off my neck and gift it to them and there's just something beautiful about that Mm -hmm. um buying secondhand stuff thrifting i'm a big advocate for stuff like that but Mm -hmm. truly just buying less after living somewhere for 14 years and having to move i packed up my life in five suitcases which sounds like a lot but that's a chunk of life to pack up yeah and A lot of that was even stuff that i still gave away while i came here or donated because to be honest anyone living in manhattan like we all know unless unless i'm missing something like storage storage
0: is is the struggle but you
1: realize how much you actually use versus what you have and your necessities and the way you you mix and match things in your wardrobe from apparel to accessories changes I agree with you. It's quality over quantity. A hundred percent. And buy with purpose. You know, you know, you know, these brands read into stories. Like I love that consumers are so much smart about stuff like that. There's no need for fast fashion and don't buy with trend. Buy what suits you, what you need, or what you know is going to be something that you can enjoy for a longer period of time. That goes with your style. Cool. Great advice. What are your favorite sustainable brands? Um... Reformation, mm-hmm. even though I feel like they've been around forever, they that's actually why I love them, because they started with a vintage store in L.A., if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, and then they grew, and now I feel like they've just like kept their mission. They're fun, they're fashionable, they're affordable. Um, another sustainable brand is... I'm trying to think of a jewelry brand that I love. Side from Popeye India, that's more sustainable. Vintage. Well, okay. Well, actually, um, not, not a brand, but. Yeah, anything vintage. Uh, there's like a few brands that are in stores that I like, like Wolf and Badger, which is around the block from here. I shop at a lot, and mm-hmm. there's just like small businesses that have sustainable practices. I can't for some reason remember the names independently, but like Wolf and Badger, great brand. I also love Levi's. I feel Mm. like they are really sustainable. What they've been doing now, especially with their vintage, their reworked, how you can come in and exchange your older denim or get it reworked. They've been like putting in their sustainable practices. There's one brand I love from India called
0: Dora, and she's very sustainable. Well, I love like your entire look right now. So I'm super curious, like what's your signature style? How would you describe it?
1: i have been recently experimenting with pops of color this is definitely saying that i'm also obsessed with this color right now fuchsia magenta whatever you want to call it a mix of both but wow swimsuits from bondi Mm -hmm. um it's a swimwear brand from australia Mm -hmm. i'm very excited because i'm visiting australia for the first time in january so i will be definitely purchasing more of these but i would say my signature style is a pair of high waist jeans an oversized white button down and literally a blazer and like i accessorize a lot Mm -hmm. so jewelry is my go-to whether it's like a, a nice wrist stack a few different chains i play around with earrings i've been loving getting my ears pierced lately like i think i'm running out of real estate on my ear but if i can the more i can fit the more i'll play around with just, like, fun hoops, dangly earrings, chunky earrings. So I think that I'm very... Just, like, elevated minimals. Mm. So I love a good fit. I'm also obsessed with, right now, like, this... I don't know. Have you worn skims yet? No, I haven't. I don't know why I waited this long, but, like, she has really crushed it with the fit of these things. Just, like, an oversized T-shirt, an oversized long-sleeves black boyfriend shirt, whatever you want to call it, but just things that are elevated minimals that you can, again, have in your wardrobe for years to come and just play around with accessories like a a pop of color on my shoe i'm very into my shoes my shoe game my bag game so you'll always see me play around with stuff like that and kind of just rotate a lot of the basics i have in my wardrobe
0: nice so basics maybe a pop of color and then a lot of good A lot of accessories. Accessories. Depending on the day, depending on what I'm doing, but I'll mix
1: a few delicate pieces with chunky pieces, but you'll always see me. You'll always, the first thing you'll always notice, and I think that's what I want to happen, is my jewelry.
0: It's definitely inspiring me. I'm like ready to go get pierced right now. So (laughs) that's what I'm doing later. Yeah. And uh, I heard you just got engaged. I did. Yeah. Thank
1: you. Exciting. It's a very exciting time. It's, There's so much to say about that, but again, like, love, I think, is a whole separate topic, but has a lot to do with when you know yourself and you love yourself first and someone comes along into your life, having a similar journey, um, the kind of love that you can give each other and feed off each other is, it's like anything but toxic, you know? It's, It's everything that's uplifting, empowering, and actually just wanting to get into the work together because everyone knows that a relationship is work, so it's... It was, we actually reconnected during COVID when yeah. I was still in India. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that was something. And I think knowing that we could reconnect during that time and just check in with each other and where it led to, it's it's a really special moment. So there is a wedding to plan. <laughs> and Indian weddings are like
0: three-day festivals, right? Had, They're...
1: Three days is like the minimum. Um, again, though, keeping in line with being conscious and Not wasteful because I feel like there's a lot of waste that goes into that. We're going to celebrate, but consciously trying to like combine a few of the traditions into like one party instead of a three day long thing, but yeah. If we're talking about the standard, it's probably close to like a five to seven day long affair. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. So
0: you're going to have to do a lot of self-care to get ready for a that. A lot of self-care. Yeah. I think I'll, I'll start off
1: each party with a small meditation
0: for everyone. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So what's next for your business and your life in 2023 and beyond? So
1: 2023 is... Even though I said earlier we don't we don't escape our mental health by traveling, there is a, a good amount of travel on the cards next year. We are having a local wedding, so I think we're doing our best to travel as much as we can in between. So it's a exciting travel. Um, Popeye India will be launching its own capsule collection. So right now we work with a few different artists mm-hmm. that we we credit and it's it's more like a a co-duo design process, but right now we're just working on a solo collection mm. that's uh hopefully going to launch March or April next year. And um I am thinking, I don't know, this is like something I'm saying for the first time out loud because it's it's a thought process that we're going to going through, but I really enjoyed having my own podcast when I was in India mm. and I'm thinking about getting into something along those lines, but but I don't know, that's it's a big TBD. And of course teaching, actively teaching Pilates more. I think I've put that on pause since I moved to New York. Just carrying on with the mission, but just doing
0: more things mindfully. Well, you've certainly got a lot cooking. Yes. And I'm so excited that I got to know you yeah. and just soak in your beautiful style. Thank so you so much. everybody needs to check out Pop by India. It's yes. pretty awesome. This has been sweaty and fun.